You are listening to Barriers to York Success, the third of a five-part series of podcasts on leadership in the new era with Pete Coxon and Paul Northey. So good morning, good afternoon and good evening to listeners and viewers uh, in what is our third uh, episode in a series of five on leadership in, in the new era. Uh, so I'm Paul Northey and my colleague is uh, Peter Coxton. Peter Coxton, yeah. So uh, I've known Peter for se- several years and uh, I've always valued his insight. And today we're going to talk about the barriers, the big barriers that ultimately prevent people achieving their objectives. So maybe Peter, uh, you could uh, introduce your ideas and uh, how this influences leadership. Yes, thank you, Paul, yes. So at the end of the last pod, we just touched on um, the secure, the realistic stretch, and then the barrier-breaking goals. Barrier-breaking goals, you're probably only 10% confident of achieving because by definition, there are all kinds of barriers, there are all kinds of blocks that will stop you from being so successful. The danger is we can slip into victim mentality again and go, well, you know, we would if only but. So I've banned the word but with all of my clients. And I've also banned the, the other word, which is however, which is the same as but, only longer. So let's look at the big barriers, the big blocks that could prevent you from succeeding. And then let's think about how we can overcome them, get around them, knock them down, climb over them, blow them up or whatever. So here's another question for you to think about. So what are the biggest barriers to your organization's future success? Think about this, come up with as many as you want and hone it down to your top six, maximum of six of the biggest things that will stop you. And then once you realize the the very things that could easily prevent you from being so brilliant, then you've got to start to imagine, so what would the world look like if you could remove these barriers? What would you see? How how would it be? So have that, that vivid imagination and then think, so what do you need to put in place in order to overcome or undermine these barriers? What, what, what will things need to be like so that these barriers are no longer preventing you from progressing? I remember reading a, an amazing book by an American psychiatrist called Scott Peck. Some of you may have heard of him, A Road Less Traveled. It starts off by saying something like, life is difficult, full stop. (laughs) And once you accept that, it's no longer so difficult. Once you accept that life is a road less traveled with the pitfalls, the obstacles, the barriers, the hurdles, the setbacks, the roadblocks. And then if you accept that your role in life is to have an orienteering approach to life where you plan the next few steps you rapidly move forward you stop you review you look back you look forward you check progress you look at the terrain ahead you check your route map you check your compass and then you plan the next few steps you you will get slightly lost at times so that's why we need to keep checking and thinking, so what can we do to put this right? Mm. 
So that orienteering, when I know when I'm when I'm orienteering, which I do, I go romping on the on the moors, for instance, and I love it, and I don't mind getting a bit lost in the fog because it's a problem, it's a challenge. Let's work it out. Let's scratch our heads. Let's have a discussion. Let's have an argument. Let's try and listen to each other and think. So explain to me why you're saying we should go that way. Help me understand why that is. So we can work through the dis the disagreements to reach agreement as, okay, so actually we think collectively this is the best way forward. Mm. I love doing that. And yet if I put my other hat on, which says life is a road easily traveled, like going up a motorway, and then I come across a roadblock, traffic lights, um, an accident, thick fog, and I'm delayed. I get so stressed and I'm a victim. I'm stuck mm. on this motorway. I can't get off it. I'm <laughs> surrounded by other people and I get ridiculously stressed and I can't solve the problem. So we've got to maintain that orienteering mindset, if you like. So in other words, recognize that your role in life in general, but as a leader of your organization in particular here, is to face problems and obstacles and to overcome them. Now, if you're going to solve problems, you need some good problem-solving processes and methodologies. Mm. And so, you know, draw on what you know about the different problem solving processes that are around you can you can read about them but use a, a use the appropriate process here but i think sometimes uh, addressing barriers uh ultimately a lot of the barriers are in your mind and uh, and uh, maybe writing them down or reflecting on them reinforces that uh, but ultimately i think most people's challenges are uh, are mental barriers uh, and uh, how would you suggest people uh, try to overcome this kind of uh, uh, big, sort of big barrier uh, problem? Yeah? You're, you're, you're spot on again, Paul. I'm beginning to hate you, really. You, you, <laughs> you absolutely put your, put your finger on the button here. What's the phrase? I've seen the enemy and he is within. Yes. <laughs> we are. We can uh, be our own worst enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, big, the, big, the biggest battles are usually between your two years, right? Um, I can be really quite brilliant at helping other people solve their problems yeah. and I can be rubbish at solving <laughs> my own problems. Yeah. So I recognize that when I'm struggling with something, whether it's professional or personal, yeah. actually I, I might need to turn to someone that I can trust yeah, and yeah. to discuss it, to yeah. help me work it through. Mm. Doing it on my own in the middle of the night, going around in circles time after time after yeah. time, yeah. it'll certainly ruin my night's kit. But it won't give me a solution come the morning. Yeah, it'll give you a thick head the following day, which doesn't, That's which right. uh, makes the whole situation even worse. Yeah. So that acceptance then will help you develop a positive attitude and an, an energized mindset. And, and sure enough, you, you'll find solutions and you'll make better progress towards your goals. I, I'd certainly recommend it. I prefer, with, again, with, with myself, my own business, but also with my clients, to set out your year goals um, working backwards. So what do you want to achieve these secure, these stretch and these barrier breaking goals have three columns or three rows. And um, what do you want to achieve in 12 months mm. and then work backwards. So by the end of quarter three, what must you have achieved to achieve your secure? What must you have achieved to achieve your stretch? What must you have achieved to achieve your barrier breaking? And then work back to six months and then three months. Yeah. And I, and I guess uh, 
doing that in a business context and a personal context is also important yeah to run almost two separate uh, uh, cards in parallel uh, where you, where you put your stretch barriers might be uh, to present at a conference for instance uh, as a personal well, objective it doesn't probably mean a lot to your business but for you personally it, it's really challenging your uh, internal uh, issues yeah well you you've now introduced the idea of your your personal goals which mm -hmm. i think is a, a brilliant thing to mm -hmm. do i i do that each year i'm looking around for my my diary which is um called forward thinking okay. and i've written it for my for myself yeah and it helps me look forward to the year and plan the year yeah and um, then i can review it th through the year but in terms of the organization i will have this at a triple level of, of the, the secure the stretch and the barrier breaking goals so running it at, at, at three levels the more you aim for your barrier breaking the closer you will get to them mm. it kind of doesn't matter if you achieve them actually supposing you only achieved 80% of your barrier breaking goals. Yeah, well, that's yeah. way more than your secure goals. And it's actually more than your stretch goal. Even. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So aiming, aiming high, you're likely to get further. So once you've done that, you work that through at a, at a, at a triple level, working it back to the three months, then you can begin to develop your action plan for the next three months. Three months is enough. Remember that orienteering approach. Yeah. Three months on, enough, and you'll review that monthly mm. and indeed weekly, but set goals for the next three months. Now, once you've agreed what you're aiming for and what might stop you, and you've thought through how to get over those barriers, then you've got to start to decide. So as we're getting this action plan, who exactly is doing what? Who's responsible for doing what and by when? So let's get some due dates written in. Don't impose them again, please. Ask someone, by when do you think you, you would be able to achieve that? That thing that we've agreed is your responsibility. Mm. And do you have a sense of how to do it? Mm. I think the, the, your choice of words is very important, yeah? Uh, uh, I think you can uh, draw people into uh, the situation and, and make them feel ownership of a topic. Uh, but just by uh, careful selection of words, yeah, uh, uh, rather than make it a, like a false, uh, oh, this is your responsibility, this is uh, your stretch goal. Now, uh, can you make it or can't you make it? You know, that that is an instant uh, kind of uh, turn off, yeah, uh, and doesn't yeah. really, uh, uh, I think, buy in anything, yeah. Uh, but that kind of, uh, let's say, more collaborative talk, collaborative uh, words is very uh, uh, supportive uh, in what is clearly stretch goals which you'd like somebody to achieve or you, uh, or you would like to achieve and that knowing that support mechanism is there is very important yeah that uh, failure shouldn't be uh, ultimately uh, feared uh, it's just uh, uh, the attempt is more important uh, and a non-attempt is the worst thing of all yeah is to not yeah. do any, is not to do anything yeah because that's the only guarantee of failure is to do nothing yeah so yes you're right and so the careful selection of words is important but it's even more important that they come from the right place mm. that actually you do want them to own this yep. even though the trouble is when I have ideas I think my ideas are the best and therefore your ideas, Paul, can't be as good as mine.
But actually, if I recognize that we need to run through this together and we, we all need to own this and we need to work it through till then. Okay. With the changes that we're bringing in at the moment, there may well be new roles that are required, different responsibilities where appropriate. So let's get clarity on, on who's taking on what and how that's changing. Right. Because of the change in working situations, some organizations are accelerating a new, what's, for, what's called a distributed form of leadership with an increase in empowerment, an increase in the required trust in people to take on additional responsibilities. And many staff and many small teams are being encouraged to, to manage themselves. That, that sense of self-managing teams is, is accelerating again through circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Lots of leaders who were actually a little bit averse to some of that. Oh, that sounds a bit worrying. Mm. Some of them have been forced to do it and actually are beginning to think, wow, this is working. Trust, empowerment, self-management all have the potential for adding value and for speeding up actions yeah. and for reducing costs and for overcoming the barriers. Mm. So this isn't laissez-faire management, Paul, though it, it, it requires you to ensure the effective delivery of results, of course. We're not kind of washing our hands and going, it's, it's over to you. Yeah, yeah. So we absolutely need to keep keep in tune, keep listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be coaching our people to help them improve their competence mm. and their effectiveness and also to help them improve their confidence. Yeah, yeah. So you coach them to help them be confident that they've got the resources they need, the time they need. They, they're competent enough to do the job and they're confident enough to have a good go at it. And then you can begin to hold them accountable yeah. in a way that demonstrates what I call a just approach. It's being soft on the person and tough on the issue. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a great uh, point where we can uh, end today's session. Uh, because I think the next session is, uh, which is session four in our series of five, uh, which is uh, about staying close to your heart. Uh, so this is uh, uh, maybe we'll follow on from your words uh, and uh, give us uh, further insight about uh, how you ultimately make decisions, how you uh, behave, how you act, how you lead. Uh, ultimately, it has to come from the heart. So I'm looking forward to having that uh, discussion and, and hearing what you say, Peter. Absolutely. It's what um, one of my global clients is now calling empathy and edge. Okay, yeah, that's a good, so good phrase. Combination then of leadership approaches that demonstrate authentic care yeah. for your people and for the whole organization, whilst growing your people to raise their performance over time. And that's where we'll get into that. Yeah, I really, I, that's a great phrase. I, I might uh, utilize that myself. Uh, at some stage. So thank you again, Peter, and look forward to speaking to you soon. Speak soon, yeah. Bye-bye.